0: I literally was at my wits end. Before you you actually collapse, it's gonna work out. It really is. If you just keep plugging away.
1: From Money Fit by DRS, it's The Money Fit Show, your weekly podcast about real difficult money stories, overcoming financial obstacles, and tips for building healthy money habits. I'm Todd Christensen, host of the Money Fit Show podcast, and on today's episode, I have a conversation about personal financial journeys with Scott K. Harris, whose own journey took him thousands of feet high through military service and to a life-saving phone call he received from the universe at his lowest point. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is a war room. Scott Harris is a well-known skydiver, veteran, businessman, and motivational speaker. Scott's interactive keynote presentations and workshops are what make him popular with his audience. He uses his personal journey to create an exceptional storytelling experience for his audience utilizes the skills he has learned from his multifaceted life experience, which we're going to talk about throughout uh, this uh, conversation, to help entrepreneurs, managers, leaders, and young people face their fears and find a clear path forward with confidence and joy. I am looking forward to this conversation with my guest, Scott Harris. Welcome to The Money Fit Show. Good morning, Todd. It is good to have you on. I, uh, you know, I've, I've uh, read over your bio, uh, your bio looked at uh, some of the things you've done online, and um, I know that we could have a very wide-ranging conversation today. So, uh, welcome. Well, thank you. Hey, we start our conversations each, uh, each time here on the Money Fit Show with a basic question. I'm going to start here with, did you always want to be a um, public speaker?
0: no. The thought terrified me as a youth. Yeah, <laughs> but for somehow I sort of gravitated towards it.
1: You have a huge, uh, uh, you have a long history as a, uh, a pilot. Started. Uh, how how old were you when you started? Flying?
0: I literally started flying airplanes when I was twelve years old.
1: Right on, and, and, and so for some people that that seems pretty scary. You would much rather do that than uh, be in front of a group at that age. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, I was kind of insecure as a youth. And, uh, well, who isn't right? Yeah, I was fine with things that I did, but you know, when I I felt like I was being inadequate in, you know, by the judgment of others.
1: Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to, um, before I, I, we get into your story, because you do have some, uh, information or some, some experiences on with, uh, that are pretty um, difficult to go through financially, but I want to give uh, give our listeners kind of a background about uh, where you've been in this world and what you've done. Your bio starts with the skydiver. Yeah. Where did that come from? Well, when I was in the army, I took up
0: skydiving just kind of to see what it was like, but I got hooked and Mm -hmm. I spent oh, I don't know, 20 years of my life really making a living as a skydiver one way or another. It was Hmm. usually it was a side hustle, but there were a few periods of time where that was all I did was run a parachute center and teach people to skydive. And uh, later on, I was working as an engineer and I kind of got put up to it by uh, some friends of mine in the media Uh, And I parachuted into into Elizabeth Taylor's wedding uh, to take pictures. Uh, There was kind of a news blackout. Nobody could get in to take pictures except one guy from People magazine and everybody else wanted, you know, it's 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 kind of human nature. When you tell somebody they can't have something, then they want it all the more. (laughs) Right. So the media kind of went nuts. And my buddy at ABC got a hold of me and said, hey there's, this is worth real money. Uh, you should, you should do this. You should figure out a way to make this happen. And I do like a puzzle and a challenge. So I, uh, I figured out how to jump into the wedding with a microwave transmitter on my chest and a video camera on my helmet in order uh-huh. to get images and broadcast them off site so that you know they'd be available i didn't think they'd let me walk out with film <laughs> no.
1: no probably not <clears throat> Wow. yeah that's uh that was that that's quite the uh um resume item uh, line item there that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> okay so you mentioned you mentioned the army you uh you you joined the army pretty young right
0: i actually badgered my parents uh to allow me to joined the service when I was 17 years old as a minor. And this was not a popular thing to do in 1975 at the tail end of the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. They thought I was nuts. And most of my friends really didn't understand. I'm not sure I understood. I just knew that I wasn't ready to go to college. And I was feeling a lot of pressure at that young age to have my life planned out and have a clear path. And I thought that if I at least, if I went in the army, it didn't look like I was doing nothing, you know, that I was just being a misanthrope. So I, that's what I did. And as it turned out, it was the best thing I ever did for myself, at least at that age. It really put me on a great path. It gave me the opportunity to learn about myself, what I was capable of, and uh, got me started, you know, as an adult and uh, on on, on a really good footing.
1: Yeah. You talk about coming back uh, or, or when, when you came out of the military uh, you, you were not really friends with the uh, American uh, school system. Uh, didn't really fit your, your personality and your, your way of um, seeing education. But when you came back, you, you tried to, you, you tried it again. How did that yep. work out? Yeah. I, uh,
0: I, I, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, I'd been an aircraft mechanic in the service and I thought that I was going to follow that path, but I was a little disgusted at that time when I, I actually had a job lined up after I Mm -hmm. got out of the service as an aircraft mechanic. But, and I thought that the pay was pretty good, but then I talked to some people and I found that basically an aircraft mechanic made about the same money as an auto mechanic. Mm -hmm. And I thought with the continuing education and the licensing and the ongoing training and tremendous responsibility that an aircraft mechanic would have to carry. uh, I thought that was patently unfair and unreasonable, uh, Mm -hmm. regardless what the amounts were. It just didn't seem fair to me. And I didn't want to do that. So I thought, what the heck, I'll, I'll give school a try. I didn't like it as a youth, but maybe it you know it would be different as an you know as an adult right it was so yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) and and you 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 took from your military training you brought something a little different uh, of you you said you you you're always an avid reader which is um quite common among uh, people who have who eventually have successful careers love reading but you, you said you had there were some other skills that, that you found in the military that, that worked out really well for you.
0: Well, I learned to face you know to, to face challenge, and then I learned that I learned in the military while you know from my experience of of working on aircraft and pretty autonomously and learning to skydive that it was really important for to me to be facing challenge and it wasn't mm-hmm. so much the accomplishment of an ultimate goal but it was the striving to yeah. move forward and to improve that was so integral to my own personal growth and happiness mm-hmm. and so when i you know looked at going to college i didn't you know i wasn't just going to college to get a degree I was going to college to go to college. I was enjoying the, you know, the work of improving myself, of doing, Mm -hmm. you know, taking the class. I obviously didn't love all my classes, but the fact that I was doing something to improve myself all the time and engaged in, you know, doing something that at times was difficult. Uh, I learned to embrace that and, uh, and find joy in doing anything that was Difficult.
1: Yeah. Oh. Well, let's let's take that concept of doing of facing challenges, facing difficulty, and let's uh, let's talk about sometimes um, you know, you're out you're out of the military, and you're looking at career, different careers. You're you're succeeding in different things. You know, skydiving champion, national collegiate skydiving champion. Right. And right. Things. When, what was the first or one, uh, an early time when you faced a situation financially that you thought, okay, hold on, this is not what I necessarily wanted to, where I wanted to be, or I thought where I was going to be, that, that you weren't sure how you're, or what you were going to do to get out of it? Well, farther down the road <clears throat>
0: after college, I, I, be- I had graduated and I was an engineering officer in the uh, mm-hmm. military, you know, in, in the uh, merchant marine. Right. And I had uh, spent several years at sea and I really liked the work. I really did. Mm-hmm. I liked working on the ships. I liked going into the shipyards and fixing them uh, and, you know, all the travel. I really liked all that. The unfortunate reality to me was at that point in time uh, is that you're trapped. Uh, It was kind of a sentence, you know, you have, Mm -hmm. it's a great job, but that's all you have. And I would see older guys who got trapped in that, you know, in that lifestyle, they'd buy houses and have families that they never Mm -hmm. saw. And I didn't think that would be good for me on a, you know, long-term I wanted out of sailing. I wanted to find something else to do. So I drew a line in the sand and I quit, mm-hmm. and uh, and at the time I had plenty of money in the bank, so that wasn't you know I'd been at sea for about eight months, so I you know built up a little bit of cash, and I was single, so I wasn't too worried, and I right. took a job and and I found a job in California as a uh, as a startup engineer on a kind of a hybrid power plant, which okay. a ship is kind of like a power plant, so being this you know, my, my engineering experience, you know, took me to this job. So I wasn't starting out, you know, at the bottom or anything like that. Right. And, uh, and I got, you know, I got to California and things were a little more expensive there than uh, the people that hired me had led me to believe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I had, you know, I found it up, found an apartment and uh, I, you know, and I started work and by this time, my cash reserves were had dwindled down to nothing. I was right, literally right. down to almost nothing in the bank, uh-huh. and uh, I had, uh, and I, and I experienced a bump in the road, like a lot of people do in a lot of situations. The engine yeah. in my car blew up. <laughs> and uh, if you can imagine living in Los Angeles without an automobile, it's almost yeah. impossible. It, it, it right. especially, you know, back then, this would have been the early eighties. It uh-huh. it just, there wasn't, you know, useful public transportation and, you know, uh, you know, the lifestyle just didn't, didn't work. Right. Now also at the time, uh, you know, and I was, I was just super depressed. I felt like I'd thrown away everything. I'd done nothing. You know, I felt like I, I, wasn't good enough i had made bad decisions i was literally sitting in uh, you know in my apartment in the middle of the night i couldn't sleep and i I honestly, I just wanted to die. It just felt like it was Mm. too much. It was, you know, I was really screwed. I knew that I had rent coming up and I had to, Uh, you know, that I had to pay and I literally had nothing. You know, I I couldn't afford another car. I couldn't afford to fix the car that I had. Um, You know, I probably only had a couple hundred bucks and, you know, in my bank account, it just dwindled down to that. And I was, three weeks away from getting a paycheck because you had to, you know, wait a couple of weeks before it got into the cycle.
1: This was even before your very first paycheck with that. yep,
0: It was before my very first paycheck. Now, also, I had uh, at the time I I owned uh, an airplane uh, Mm -hmm. that I had at an airport nearby. And I had it was an airplane that I had used previously to make a living as a you know, running a small parachute center. But now mm-hmm. I was near the biggest parachute center in the world, you know, near Los Angeles at mm-hmm. Paris Valley, California. And I had, I had been out there the previous weekend that I had met some, you know, some people out there and made some jumps and, you know, I I flew out there and, uh, you know, and so that, you know, some of those people that I met knew I had this jump plane Although it mm-hmm. was just a little four place airplane, it wasn't some big thing like they had. Right. But anyway, uh, I got a call in the middle of the night. That night, I got a call. Literally, got a call in the middle of the night after my car had blown up, and I was so depressed.
1: On this From, lowest point of your of your, your time there.
0: Honestly, I felt like it was the lowest point of my entire life. Yeah. I, I was really I was just so depressed. And you know, like maybe it doesn't sound like I should have been that depressed, but I was. I just felt mm-hmm. like I'd given up, you know, a, a good career and I, you know, and I because I was being emotional and I just didn't, you know, because I didn't want that. And right. I got this call from uh from somebody who who had met me and actually had jumped with me on at the drop on the previous weekend and uh Another guy was uh, who is actually quite a famous free fall photographer was had a contract to to shoot a uh, television commercial with uh, with a skydiver Mm -hmm. and the the people who were supposed to supply them with an aircraft had bailed on them and they were literally they were shooting the next day. The next day was a weekend day. It was a Saturday. Mm -hmm. And they asked if I would like to fly for them. And (laughs) I I did and I I got paid pretty well you know for supplying the aircraft and flying it for them so they could shoot this commercial all day long. And I made enough money doing that that I could go out and I bought a, a cheap motorcycle. Uh-huh. So I could get, get around town and get to work, get back and forth to work. And I had enough and left me enough money in the bank that I could keep going until I got my first paycheck for my yeah. engineering job. And I could start getting, you know, working my way back to financial health. Yeah, And it was, it was, it was so life affirming to have, you know, to have the universe step in and- mm-hmm and show me that I was doing the right stuff. I was, you know, being the right kind of person. I was on the right path. And, uh, and if you're, you know, and if all that stuff is right, it's going to work out. And, and I, and I, it was very profound to me Mm -hmm. at that point in time in my life that, you know, that I shouldn't be so concerned about, money, I should be concerned about what I'm doing and, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and doing the things in my life that I'm trying to do the best that I can and to help people and to, you know, to, you know, basically just, you know, put one foot in front of the other and do the right thing whenever, whenever you have the chance and, uh, and things will work out. And I understand, you know, you know, for people who are listening that sometimes it feels like, you know, it doesn't matter. And, and, you know, things are really, really bad. And you're, you know, you, you know, you might feel like you're in a far worse situation than I was. Cause I had stuff and, you know, experience, mm-hmm. but the truth is, is it, none of that matters. I mean, I was, I literally was at my wits end. I, you know, and, and I'm, I recall that I know what it, you know. I remember to this day what that felt like. Yeah, and when, before you, you know, you actually collapse. Mm-hmm. It's going to work out. It really is. If you just keep plugging away, and you know, if you just keep moving forward, it's yeah. going to work out.
1: You know, you you had um, they they didn't just pick your name out of the phone, but I mean. Some listeners may not know what a phone book is, right? But yeah, I mean, they just didn't go through and do the the let your fingers do the walking and pick your name there. You had you had done something, even though it felt totally coincidental, right? You kept you had been putting yourself out I there. I put somehow. myself out
0: there. I let people know, you know, who I was and what my capabilities were and what I had. And
1: even yeah, even if you didn't realize, I was you were not in, hiding was under a situation. rock.
0: That's for sure. Yeah. And I and I've never really done that. I'm pretty outgoing and yeah. and not you know not in a socially uh, aggressive kind of way but I you know I, I do you know move forward through life in a way that I you know let the people around me know you know who I am and what I can do and that I'm engaged in life that I want to do things yeah but I'm you know I'm you know I'm a can do kind of person and that attitude, more than almost anything else has led to multiple successes you know a can do a, i'm going to get it done yeah. you know kind of attitude will make all the difference in the world in almost any situation
1: right okay so is that is that an attitude you or a mindset you were born with you think not everybody no. not everybody is, absolutely is like not
0: that. absolutely not i was as a youth i was You know, not to say that I, you know, I certainly don't want anybody to feel sorry for me, but I was Mm -hmm. not a happy child. I was Mm -hmm. not, I never felt like my parents were uh, real overachievers uh, Mm -hmm. and super smart and accomplished. And I never felt like I could ever measure up to their abilities and Mm. and or their expectations. Wasn't true, but that's how I felt as a kid, and uh, it wasn't until later that I became satisfied with my own abilities, and mm-hmm. uh, and and much later, really, before I realized that I, I may, it may have surpassed my parents' uh-huh. uh, abilities in some ways. Um, <clears throat> I'm still quite close to my parents. Well. Uh, my mother, my father passed uh, about three uh-huh. years ago, but that's oh, okay. that's normal life. And yeah. Once again, that's not to make anybody feel sorry for me, but I had, I ended up being very close to my parents, uh, uh-huh. even though as a kid, I didn't really think they, you know, I thought I was a disappointment.
1: Uh-huh. So uh, you're, so you, you, you find your drive. And you go on to accomplish all these amazing things, um, but you meet people now uh, professionally. I mean, in, in what you do as, as a public speaker, and that are, are not there at that point. What what are you what What are you doing now to support others in that in that journey to face some of their challenges, whether financial, career, personal, relationship? What What are you What are you doing now in your uh, with your background well, I try to I, I try to
0: uh, get people to understand that whatever challenge they face, if they can embrace the challenge and find joy in the feeling of you know striving, of moving forward, of facing that challenge, um, they can accomplish <clears throat> more than they dream possible. If they focus one of the problems that I think a lot of people have with dealing with whatever challenges they have in their life is they focus on overcoming that challenge. They focus on the end goal. They you know and and it seems and that makes every problem feel insurmountable. It's this huge mountain because all they can if you stand at the bottom of a mountain and your goal is to climb that mountain and reach the peak. If you just look at the peak, it seems insurmountable. It seems mm-hmm. to be too much. But if you look at the bottom of the, you know, if you look at the space right before your eyes at eye level, mm-hmm. and you, you know, and you climb to that level, and then you look at the space at eye level and climb to that level, it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. And you can have fun doing it. You should, the, the point is to enjoy the journey to, you know, and and to look at everything that happens as an opportunity for self-improvement. Every challenge that you face, every obstacle that comes in front of you is an opportunity for you to be better. Mm-hmm. And if you find, if you can find joy in that and anticipate you know, the, you know, the return from that striving, making those first steps towards your ultimate goal, you can accomplish anything. You literally Mm -hmm. can. Anyone can. It's amazing what you can do if you, if you focus on what's right in front of you and not at some you know, fantasy goal at the end because yeah. there is no end. I mean, the end is yeah. you die. I mean, eventually, that's you know, <laughs> life. We're humans. Yeah. We, you know, we only have so much. There is, you're never finished with anything. Yeah. You know, if you if you accomplish, you know, whatever your goals are, whatever your challenges are, when you accomplish that, there's going to be more. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point is to have, you know, is not to just reach some point and say, well, now I don't have to do anything. How sad that is. People who, yeah. you know, reach some point in life where they feel like they don't have to grow anymore or learn anything or do
1: anymore. They're done living. Mm-hmm. What's the point of that? Yeah. Well, I mean, you had, as you say, you know, the universe reached out to you at a, at a real low time and gave you a boost. But that wasn't the end, I mean that, that was not the cure all end all cure all. You weren't done. I mean, I, I'm assuming you've you've had other challenges and oh and many. many since then. But but the lesson that you know that I learned at on at that night
0: when you know that I overcome that was that you know is that it's gonna work out however it's gonna work out. And what was important for me to do is focus on you know what I'm doing and not on. Mm-hmm you know, where I'm at, where am I going? Yeah. You know, what's in front of me to look, yeah. f- you know, to focus your, your efforts and your, your intellect and all your resources forward on whatever it is that's in front of you <clears throat> and not
1: to remunerate on what's behind you. Yeah. Cause it's behind you. It's really easy to uh, ask for so many people that, that come from very difficult situations. Um, uh, you know, from family, family, difficult family situations to developmental disabilities to um, uh, learning disabilities to, to say, you know, that's let that define them. But when you're standing in front of a mountain, you're saying, you know, it's not that it's not what's behind you.
0: No, you should, you know, what you're doing right now, what you're, you know, your your forward movement is what should define you what you're becoming, not what's behind what you, you what you're becoming, what you're doing right now. <clears throat> living in the moment is is the most important thing that anybody can do to improve their own performance. If you're living in the past, it's over. There's nothing you can do about that. All it's going to mm. do is make you feel impotent.
1: Mm.
0: If you're living in the future, you're not, because li- that's, un- the future is unknown. None of us, yeah. None of us can tell the future. The future is unknown. So once again, you're living in a fantasy world. If you're yes. only living for the future, you have to live for what's right now. You have to live in the moment. And if you're doing that, you can accomplish anything. You can make your now fabulous. <laughs> and your future I can be that. even better. Uh, but that's fabulous. what's important. You have to enjoy the. You, know, you have to enjoy what you're doing. I remember as a kid thinking my father was a dentist and I thought, I just couldn't face the concept of going to college for 10 years. It, it just seemed like forever. It just seemed like a you know, like a prison sentence. Just the mm-hmm. thought of it. You know, and now looking back, well, that wouldn't have been so bad. I'd have made a pretty good dentist. I like working <laughs> with my hands, but yeah. You know, so perceptions changes, but the whole point is you have to enjoy that path. If you're in college and you you know, you just, it's just a drudgery. You're just looking, you're just doing it to get a degree so you can get a job. What a miserable existence that is. How can you possibly do your best if, you know, if you don't like what you're doing, if you're not enjoying the challenge that you're in right then and there, you have to enjoy the whole journey. If you hate your job, you have to either learn how to find, you know, positive feedback from doing a, you know, from a, A job well done, whether you like Mm -hmm. the, you know, the minutiae or not, or you have to do something else. You can't just work for a paycheck. You have to get some enjoyment, some positive reinforcement for whatever it is you're doing. If you don't, that's hell. That's hell on earth. (laughs) It really is. You have to find it within yourself to find joy in you know, in your struggle. You have to find joy in, you know, the obstacles that you are overcoming right now. You can't look forward to joy in the future because the future is a fantasy. It might be a good fantasy, but it's not real. You have to enjoy what's real, what's right in front of you right now in order to operate at your best level, in order to improve your situation.
1: So I, I, like, I like that idea that, I mean, because a lot of people who are struggling with their budgeting or the income or jobs or whatever, um, they can find success in just conquering the moment, not the, not, not the future. Uh, let, that, let that come. It'll come. So it will. And was, I'm
0: not saying you don't plan for the future. Yeah. You don't decide to, well, I'm going to do this so I can do some other thing or have some other capability to have a better job or, you know, get a promotion. Of course, you, you know, you want to yeah. think about the future, but you, you know, but but your plans for the future are an intellectual pursuit. It's not right. visceral. It's not sensuous. It's not something that you, you know, you don't live in the future. You have to live in the now. Right. So right. that has to be, in order for you to, you know, to do well in the now, you have to enjoy it. You have to find joy in what you're doing right now, in your current struggles. If you can't find joy in that, you can't operate at your, you can't do your best. You can't yeah. operate at your highest level and operating at your highest level, doing your best all the time. That's what's going to
1: propel you into a greater future. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to live in the now and ask you one last question here, Scott. Sure. Uh, Ask you for uh, if you have a one bit of practical advice, uh, financial uh, ideas or that that you've used or that has worked for you or you you love that you could share with our listeners. Sure. I think the the worst thing
0: that somebody can do is to just work for a paycheck. I Mm -hmm. think that you have to find... Reward, you know, personal, intrinsic reward in what you're doing, and if you can't, you have to find it inside yourself. You have to look to yourself for your own joy, and mm. th- therein lies your pathway to to great
1: success. Like okay. it, okay. Thank you. I appreciate that um, that insight. I and uh, uh, know that our listeners will will. Uh, understand it as well. Hey, Scott, how can our listeners find you online? Where can they where can they go to to reach out to you or learn more about you, what you do?
0: Well, I have I have a website, it's scottkharris.com and my book Leap Forward is available on amazon.com. Leap Forward mm-hmm. is a kind of a semi-autobiographical uh, motivational book about facing challenge and the lessons that I've learned
1: from the many different things that I've done- mm-hmm. That's a clear reference to uh, your your skydiving I'm assuming yeah it starts with that yeah. but it it
0: goes on through a lot of different things've yeah. I'm yeah. a little bit of a nut I when I when I reach the top of something I start you know one mountain I'm looking for the next higher Where's mountain the next
1: one nice. <laughs> Good. I will, uh, definitely ple- I will definitely put those in uh, those links in today's show notes. So, uh, But uh, Scott Harris, I want to thank you again for joining me today, sharing some of your personal journey with our listeners. Thanks for being with me. Well, thanks for having me, Todd. And to our listeners, thank you for uh, sticking around, for joining us today for this conversation. Please do check out our podcast archives at moneyfit.org slash podcast. And uh, I'm going to ask you to please subscribe to this uh, podcast. You can help us grow our visibility so others can also find it more easily and benefit as well. So until the next time, please stay money fit and stay well.